This podcast is brought to you by Central, helping schools work smart. I'm Colin Klupik, and you're listening to Central Station. Technology is all around us. We're surrounded by screens, and everywhere you go, people just seem to be looking at them, whether it's your mobile, a laptop, a tablet, or perhaps even just the humble television, there's always some kind of internet-enabled device not far away. Even standing on a train station for a few minutes doesn't escape the magical glow of a screen trying to get that last bit of your attention before you board that next train. Schools, of course, are no exception, and computers continue their march into school life and the curriculum. What kind of an impact is this likely to have on our children in the long term? Well, it's impossible to predict, but the early signs of struggle are already with us. Gaming, social media, likes, chats and cyberbullying are everywhere. What on earth are we to do? Well, there is good amongst it all, of course, and with all things education, it's a matter of teaching good principles and life habits to make the best of it and avoid the worst of it. In this last fourth part of a longer conversation with Deputy Principal Kylie Fabry, we dive into some of the issues surrounding technology and student well-being. It's been a great pleasure to bring you this series on well-being in partnership with Callaghan College, Walls End Campus in Newcastle. We've talked a lot about the Central School Management Platform, and as always, we'd like to disclose that Callaghan College uses Central. But these conversations are much more about the students than the software, and we hope that anyone listening will benefit from the insight Kylie will be sharing. I started by asking broadly, how have mobile devices changed the landscape for well-being? Can we talk about the elephant in the room, which has to be technology, or let's just say that any conversation these days uh, about well-being or issues to do with well-being that doesn't talk about technology is kind of sort of missing out a little bit. Um, I've seen students walking around the campus here with devices, uh, whether they be phones, computers or whatever, but particularly mobile devices. Broadly, how has that changed the landscape for well-being? Big question, I know. Uh, schooling um, probably used to be, or what did used to be, 9 till 3 p.m. And now in terms of particularly well-being, um, schooling is 24-7. Our kids are on social media platforms um, continuously, particularly if they're in conflict with each other. Well, that's interesting, particularly when they're in conflict. So when they're in conflict with each other, most of the time the conversations are not verbal conversations that they're having with each other to try and solve it. Wow. Um, it is via text, it's via message, Snapchat, Instagram. Facebook isn't used, I don't think, as much anymore. They don't really <laughs> use hat. Facebook anymore. So, <laughs> There's a uh, message from Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. So um, <laughs> they, um, the, the lack of communication that our young people have in terms of being able to sit down and solve problems um, is, is quite scary, really because they do that via text and you don't get the tone, you don't get the conversation. They'll, one of the child will say, but, um, but she wasn't happy with me. She didn't like this. Well, how do you know that? Because you're not actually physically looking at the person. Yeah. You can't read any of those nonverbal cues because you're not there. So, so yeah, nine to three, definitely not, particularly in conflict. We start talking about things like sexting and photography and um, what they actually use their devices yeah. for. Um, which is all relationship-based, how they feel comfortable in the school. We also know that there, and lots of research based on the, the light that our that devices um, portray and their lack of sleep yeah. um, and to do with eyesight, that our students are on their phones um, till late at night, sometimes two, three o'clock in the morning. 
um, their notifications will go off and they can't handle not looking at the actual notification. Um, once upon a time, we used to use an alarm clock. Now we use a mobile <laughs> phone for our actual alarm. Um, so all of those things play a big part. Uh, I said earlier that we are lucky enough that we now have parents on board with us yeah. in terms of mobile devices. Many years ago, parents would say, no, you can't take a mobile phone off or no, my child needs that mobile phone. Um, and now we have more parents who are making sure that their child's phones are being charged out in the kitchen or somewhere else, not in a bedroom, or that um, there's time in the family where the phone isn't being actually used regularly. I guess for us at Callaghan Walls End, um, we're quite an innovative school, unique because we use Canvas as a learning platform. We use our student portal and parent portal often with Canvas, uh, sorry, with Central. So we do, in a sense, require our students to also utilise and have their devices and they use them for timetables here. So I guess on the opposite side of things, we don't print timetables on a day-to-day basis because kids have forgotten their timetables because they use their phone to get their timetable off. Um, so I think it's about the balance um, of mobile phone and electronic device use. It's about teaching students digital safety and using your device for your best interests. I know myself, my calendar on my device, I've got five different calendars, all different colours. Um, <laughs> and I'd like to think that your 11 and 12 students were using the calendar the same way in terms of their learning and their assignments and their tasks and reminders Um, So it's teaching them how to be smart about um, using devices. Devices aren't going anywhere um, in the near future. I can't imagine that, um, (laughs) I can't imagine that, um, you know, Apple and Samsung will be saying we're never, ever producing any phones anymore. So it's about teaching our students how to best um, use them. I think that um, we're we're quite lucky that a lot of our students don't use their mobile phones in the classroom um, ineffectively, but they are reminded every single lesson. It's like a broken record put your phone away, take your earphones out. And that if we could move away for students to be, I guess, autopiloted into that, that I'm walking in a classroom, I need to put my phone away. It's okay not to look at my phone and my notifications for a short period of time. Why is that so hard? I mean, maybe, okay, maybe I just, maybe that question just sounds really old school and old fashioned. And I'm not, I don't mean to be old school or old fashioned. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm not trying to be that now. And you were saying that school used to happen between nine and three. Let me ask you this why can't they just turn them off at three? Or why can't we turn school off at three? Or why, why is it so hard for a, for a student to have to be reminded? Every yeah. lesson. I think when we talk about well-being, and there has been research done, and, and I know that um, Instagram, for example, are changing the way they do a few different things, but the resilient self-worth, self-esteem, a lot is based on the likes, the comments um, that you're getting from other people and whether you're being socially accepted or you're not being socially accepted or whether, you know, I've got 10 likes or mm. no, she's got 55 likes. Yeah, or if I'm popular. Um, yeah, so... A lot of their, their self-acceptance of students and their own self-worth is based on what, how they're being valued on a social media platform. So that sense of the notifications that are coming in or what people are talking about, the devices allow our students to have that 24 access of what the new trend is or who doesn't like what or who's wearing what or who likes that photo of me. So their own reassurance and resilience is being based around the social media platforms that they're actually on regularly. I don't think that 
I know many kids who pick up the actual phone and have a phone conversation with their friend about meeting them up on the weekend. It's done <laughs> yeah. by a text message. It's done by <laughs> Snapchat. And, and trying to keep up with that, I think, is, is a really difficult thing. It's difficult for parents to do as, as well. But we also used to have, when I was at school, we caught buses home and trains home from school. And we live in a different society in terms of safety as well. And go back to talking about before, with, we have more parents who work now who need to know where their kids are going or if they're getting home from school, are they walking home? Are you home safely? Mm. So a whole society change and then we throw technology and devices on it. And I guess the other thing is we, we throw in things like gaming and gaming platforms at night time and what kids are doing online in terms of gaming. That's a really, really big one and a big conversation that we have with many male um, parents about the number of boys that game late at night. Um, and into early hours of, of the morning and the addiction that's involved in those gaming platforms um, as well. I'd say that in my experience, phones and social media is probably tended towards females um, and the gaming platforms a lot towards um, our male our males. So clearly this, this is a huge issue and, and we, don't, we don't have time to talk about this all today because we're, we're opening up potentially hours worth of conversation. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but just in terms of your experience, uh, because you obviously deal with a lot of students every day, you see these things all the time. You know, if, if a parent's sitting at home thinking, I've just got no idea where to start with this, I feel completely overwhelmed by the fact that my, my children are uh, subsumed by this, by this technology. Where, where are some simple, practical places to start in thinking about creating that balance that you were talking about just mm-hmm. a moment ago? I think um, that staying connected with your own children um, is really, really important. That our, as parents, we carry devices as well. So having those social media platforms actually linked to our own accounts informs us of what our children are doing online also. I think that, and which is a, a new theme whereby families are saying no device time. It's, um, you know, at night time, we're going to sit down and have dinner potentially as a family and no devices at the dinner table. Well, that's radical. Um, <laughs> family dinner. And most definitely. Um, <laughs> and the, uh, I think that the no charging, things like that in the room um, are really important strategies that are simple that to put in place. And, and we know that sometimes children aren't going to like this, but I think it's detrimental to the future of our, that these children are our actual future of our society and they then have children and it's the moles and those that we instill that are so very important. And we've got to be conscious as adults ourselves. I know that my device is my work platform really. I yeah. once upon a time carried an iPad. Why need an iPad when you've got a phone that does everything as well? So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think we've got to be conscious ourselves of what, what we do. And I, and I say that in the classroom to staff as well. If you don't expect students to be on their devices in the classroom, you're not on your device either. Mm. Um, so I think we've got to be pra- really, really practice about practice what you preach, and I think that yeah, it's about thinking smart. That I think the ga- the gaming side of things is a lot harder because there's lots of um, advertisements out there and companies that uh, um, use their advertising power to bring our young people on board. I'm sure they pay lots of money to do oh, so. I'm sure they so, do. So you know whether it be their graphics. Um, and as we educate our parents more, I think that has a flow-on effect to our actual children. Let me make this a really radical suggestion. Uh, is it okay to turn your devices off from time to time? As in actually just turn them off, put them in the cupboard and 
just be a normal person from time to time? I think it's fantastic. Actually, I went to a <laughs> psychology um, conference once and um, all of deputy principals and they asked us to turn our phones off and put them underneath our seat. And we know that schools still go on when deputy principals are outside of the school and yeah. our email still and our messaging still happens. But um, And it was probably a really difficult thing to do because she wanted us to be engaged in the moment and while yeah. we were actually there, not looking and trying to multitask. And... Um, it actually felt really good to turn it off and not be there. And that's from an adult perspective. Um, so I think the more that we could probably do that with our actual children is, is quite important. And, but our, our kids value their devices. It's, um, we, we have more staff now and kids come, uh, staff who say to kids, well, if you need a pen, I'll give you, my, I'll give you a pen but you give me back something that's valuable to you for a while to lend. And oh, that's really will, interesting. Yeah, because the kids value their phone. They, they value their phone so much and their device. So, so like a trade. A, a trade-off. Oh, that's really a, interesting. A piece of equipment that you need in the classroom. Wow. Um, and the kids will hand their phone over and then they get their phone back once they hand their pen, the pen back to the teacher. That's such, a, that's such an interesting concept because uh, I've been a technology teacher for over 20 years and the amount of times I've heard the question, sir, can I have a pencil? Mm-hmm. I think, so, yeah. so what, more, what am more, I, a box of pencils use, or something? Yeah, more teachers <laughs> use the, the phone as a, a trade. But um, I think that the same in, in a home environment, that kids sitting in rooms with their doors closed on a device is a conversation that I have daily with parents and parents saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get them, get them out of the actual rooms and off their device. Well, let's think about that for a moment. What do you say to them? Well, I say, (laughs) well, I think that um, it depends on, you know, we talk about community involvement in sporting activities, conversations that that happen that are our devices being used as babysitting services because we live as parents a very busy life now as well. Absolutely. um, With lots of trying to multitask our own lives and work and household chores as well. So my suggestion to them is that no devices in the bedroom is a really, really good option. Because then you're still as a family sitting around. I have parents who actually say to me, oh, my child calls me from the opposite side of the house when they Uh-oh. want to know what's for dinner. <laughs> so I think no, those simple awful. things is that those things need to be put to a stop. That if you're in a household, their conversations, I think I'd absolutely go nuts if my child messaged <laughs> me from their bedroom. So I think that we've got to make sure that we've still got morals and values and that we need to instill them still inside our own home um, and home working in partnerships with schools with mobile devices is, is really quite essential. So where does that uh, boundary exist then? So you're having these conversations daily with parents. Parents are struggling with it on the home side. You see it here in the, in the, on the school side. You, you said earlier that uh, there's, you know, it's, it's a message that's constantly being reinforced to students. You don't have to have your phone this lesson you don't, or maybe not even your laptop. Where does, the, where does the boundary sit between those two things? So how much support can a parent expect from the school, yet then how much effort do you think a school can expect from the family to try and manage this mm. problem? And I, and I know that that might be a very difficult question. I think it's really, really hard because we have our expectations um, inside of our actual setting. Trying to marry the same expectations up with a home is very difficult. I guess it's, it's also that education is now more than just that nine till three mm. time slot that we'd be hoping that the home is working with the, the school as well. And, and we do see more of that now. We have more parents who will say, yep, take my phone, take the phone off the child if they're using it inside of the classroom. 
but it's those conversations that happen at, at home um, and what children are allowed to do on their phones at home as well that is really hard that as school teachers we can't control inside a, a home environment. All we can do is encourage the parents to be educated on what their children are doing on their devices and, and their, particularly their use. And, and likewise, that's, um, and I don't know how many parents look at these, these things, but you can see on devices now, especially with the social media platforms, how many hours on average children are spending your actual the devices tell you that yeah, screen time um, yeah. the screen time which is really very quite very surprising and yeah i think there was a day in the world maybe last year that our network systems went down and um there was things that weren't working on phones i think it might have even been facebook that went down and um there were there was some sort of information that was um it's probably the most productive day in the world that actually <laughs> yeah. took place people um, actually did things people actually did work <laughs> and they couldn't use the social media platforms and um and how interesting that is that we yeah. use our social media so much and and I don't get a chance in my school day to go on social media I leave school and I have to go and check because all my kids sporting stuff is on social media and sometimes I've missed a whole day in the world and I've got to scroll through pages and pages because (laughs) I haven't been on social media. So I think it's that for kids, they have a sense of feeling that they've got to stay connected because they can't miss out on something. And that's the complexity for teenage life. Teenage life is different to how when we grew up as teenagers. They don't want to miss out on things because they don't want to feel that they're excluded or um, not part of that in-group of what people are talking about. And I think that's really, really hard to manage as a parent as well. Staying connected for fear of missing out. So often the case, and not always with technology. It's likely just a part of being human, perhaps made a little bit more complicated through technology. In any case, some great insight there from Kylie. It's worth noting that this episode is part of a longer discussion, and that the previous three episodes all flow on from one another. If you haven't heard the previous episodes, then I encourage you to have a listen, as each one covers a specific topic and still makes sense when listened to on its own. We'd like to extend our thanks to Callahan College and especially to Kylie for giving up her valuable time in what is quite clearly a complex and demanding job. If you found these discussions valuable and you know a friend or colleague who would also benefit, then please share them. This podcast is brought to you by Central. For more information, visit the website central.com.au. I'm Colin Klupik. Until next time, bye for now.